we're not moving from where we've been. I, I want to make it very clear that I really believe what God wants you to hear right now is actually just understanding what's already happened, not anything different or changing. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the Holy Spirit for, for leading us in this space because chapter 5 of the book we're working our way through is about servanthood. And this morning, we've seen a beautiful range of acts of servanthood as people have stepped into a place of sharing a testimony, stepped into a place of wanting to pray for people, stepped into a place of getting alongside someone and just giving them a hug. There's a bunch of things in this chapter that are very familiar because they're some of my pet topics, some of the things I'm passionate about. We're not striving to be a jumbo jet church where there's a couple of pilots and a bunch of stewards who are serving everyone sitting there on a journey. We're not consumers. Church is not something to be consumed, but something to do as a body. There's a passage in Philippians, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. It says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only at his own interests, but also of the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Complete my joy. Finish the circle. Where does the circle start? The circle starts with receiving. And we've heard testimony this morning of people receiving. What are they receiving? Encouragement in Christ. Comfort from love. Participation in the Spirit. Affection and sympathy. We start with receiving. God first gave. We often come to for places of growth and of, of, of change and go, ah, oh, it's so hard. But we actually don't start there. We start with receiving. And it's so beautiful to, to see that in this space, the acknowledgement of people receiving. That's so special. Now, as I was praying about this this week, I believed God wanted to say something very loud and very clear and very specific to Catalyst. And that is he really wants to encourage us in what he sees. Because he sees and rejoices in your servant hearts. So often we feel like God's saying, get better, do something different, work harder. Often he's not, but that's what we often feel like we're receiving. or That's the framework we put it in. But this week, time and time again, God said, I'm not saying you're perfect but I love your servant heart. I rejoice in your servant heart. I see your preparation for an AGM when you're sick. I see your desire to serve when there's an opportunity at Maranatha and you put your hand up. I see 
when you go and help someone move who's, who's in a tough circumstance. And that's all in the last two days. And that's not everything. God sees our heart to serve. And he says, be encouraged. He loves your servant heart. It's a beautiful thing and a special thing. Now, I've just mentioned a couple of random things. But you know what he's talking about, don't you? You know in your lives the sacrifice of love that you have done to serve others. He sees that and he thinks that's special and significant and wants you to know the rejoicing that he has because of your servant hearts. That's not insignificant. The one who sees everything, who notices all that goes on, has noticed you and has noticed your desire to sacrificially love. I don't want to just skip over that because I think that's really important. There's another passage that I just want to touch on briefly that talks into this space that we've been exercising, that the Holy Spirit has been stirring. Sometimes we see servanthood as a very worldly thing. And the examples I've given were exactly that. Preparing reports, helping someone move, handing out hot dogs at Maranatha. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's a passage that we read a little bit of in the, um, in the book we're going through. But I want to read a larger portion of it. Because there's another dimension to serving which is really, really cool and exciting. And we're scratching the surface. And with this posture and heart to serve, there is another dimension to serving which is profound and supernatural. And as I said, we're scratching the surface, but there is so much more for this heart, this posture to be exercised in a beautiful way with the foundation of of sacrificial love and wanting to serve. So 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 4. Now these are the variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the works of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now we often see these as the gifts of the Spirit and we often unpack it from that angle. But there's a little verse in there that gives the motive, the reason, the background to what these gifts are about. It says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, we're saying... There he is. I've got a Greek word for you, Sam. This word manifestation is actually the word phanerosis. Phanerosis. It means expression, exhibition, to make visible, to make known, to expose. So the manifestation of the spirit is the spirit being exposed. So to each one is given the spirit exposed. And that's really important. The Holy Spirit exposed in us for why? The common good. That's serving. 
That's for the benefit of everyone. The manifestation of the Spirit alive in us to be able to serve. And again, we've seen that this morning as people have shared what God's put on their hearts. It's for the common good. The gift of the Holy Spirit in us to be able to serve. So there's an element of serving that is actually supernatural. We talk about being able to use our hands and our feet to be able to encourage people. But did you walk in the room this morning? And you may have, I'm not saying you didn't. Did you walk in the room this morning and say, God, I want your Holy Spirit to be manifest through me this morning. I want to serve, not just by seeing someone that looks lonely and and encourage them, even though that's awesome. Not by getting some morning tea together or singing some music. But I want the manifestation of your spirit to work through me this morning. It's one of the things that sets us apart from a well-meaning person who says it's good for society to help each other. It's a very significant part of what it means to serve is to allow the Holy Spirit to be outside, not inside. But there's a problem with that. And we've even wrestled in preparing this room to do it well. We've talked about the idea of how about we start worship with everyone standing up here. Standing together, all worshipping together, and you go, oh, there's some people that, you know, Maybe they need a seat because their legs don't work so well or their back's not good. And there's some people that might want to be a little bit reserved or need their own space. And I would argue that one of the biggest barriers to doing that is our sense of being self-conscious. Self-conscious. There's some really profound examples in Scripture where people let go of their self-conscious to serve. Not just to serve but to serve in the strength and the power of the Spirit. And this is a journey I'd love uh, for us to explore as a church. To not just settle for it might make people uncomfortable, but to actually wrestle. And I'm not saying that this is the answer to it. What I am saying is I want to ask the question and I want us to wrestle with what it means to be the answer. Because is it okay in your serving for your sacrifice to look like humiliation. Can that be part of your sacrifice? What I'm giving up is my time, what I'm giving up is my money, uh, my resources, my dignity? Are you prepared to sacrifice your dignity to serve as the Spirit leads? Because I'm sorry to say, but that's part of the price. When we look at David dancing before the Lord... He was undignified and humiliated. Now, I do want to correct something here. He wasn't naked. There's a false conception that he was naked. It clearly says he was wearing the ephod, a garment. But what he wasn't wearing was his kingly robes. He was dressed like a commoner. He was dancing like a commoner. He wasn't having the the royal honour and attire that someone of his stature should look like in public and as a result he was humiliated and he was undignified because he looked like a commoner so I just want to clarify that because that's important some people say he was naked and he wasn't but he said I would do it again without hesitation 
the, the slave girls look at me and th- look at me with disgust because I will be undignified and humiliated to do what God deserves. That is what servanthood looks like in the power of the Spirit. There's another really common one, Pentecost. What was the criticism of those filled by the Spirit? They're drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. I don't think that was a a badge of honour, even back then, to be drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. They were prepared to be undignified and humiliated to serve as the Spirit leads. A third example, Jesus on the cross, to be undignified and humiliated to serve as the Spirit leads. It's a pretty hard space for us. This is not a religious duty or burden. Remember I talked about the circle before? Does anyone know the phrase, freely you have received, freely give? Who said that? Jesus. You may even be undignified or humiliated in your answer. But it's okay. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say it like you think you might know the answer. Jesus said it. Do you know the context in which he said it? This is really cool. Matthew 10. Remember, freely you have received, freely give. Matthew 10, starting at 7, you'll probably get there before me. Verse 7. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, Go nowhere amongst the Gentiles and enter no towns of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is pre-Pentecost. So he's saying the the word is for the, the Israelites first. Here, listen to this. And proclaim as you go, saying... The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You have received without paying, give without paying. Freely have you received, freely give. So what is the context of these profound spiritual acts? What's the list? How's your week been? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. The Holy Spirit alive and at work, transforming lives miraculously, comes out from the premise, you've received and give. We're not in a place of conjuring up something that we have no experience of, or are we? We're meant to be completing the circle. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete My joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. We think about the price it costs to be humiliated, to be shamed, undignified. And yet that is part of the price of sacrificial love that Jesus first showed us. I have to ask myself, what have I truly received? Because if we're talking about freely you've received, freely give, if what I'm giving is cheap, easy, convenient, I'm not prepared to be undignified for, then I've got to wonder what it is I've actually received. Do I see Jesus as cheap, convenient? Or do I see that sacrifice as life-transforming, profound and significant and emotive to complete that circle, to give? I did a little bit of experiment this morning. I'm not sure you noticed. You may have. I decided to be a little bit less dignified in being in the worship team. 
Now, it's really hard when, like Paul, I can't multitask. But I was like, you know what? Normally, I would go, the result is I'm not going to sing and play the bass at the same time. I'd love to. I would do it at home. But I won't do it here. Because what if I hit a wrong note? What if I sing out a tune? What if I look stupid? What if I make a mistake? And, and there's a good side to that. I'm part of a team that's leading people and I don't want to distract people from what God's trying to do and make it about me. But I said, you know what? God, I'm going to give it a crack. I'm going to be potentially undignified in a stupid little subtle way, but in my head is significant. Yeah, so I'm not trying to say this is the measure of what undignified looks like. But in my head, this is significant. And I've got to say, God's so good. And I've got to say, I worshipped with more freedom than probably the last six times I've played in the worship team. I was working less hard doing two things than I do normally doing one. And I can tell you, the songs weren't any different. The tunes weren't any easier or harder. But I said to God, I'm here to worship you and I'm prepared to be undignified. And you can be the judge of that. (laughs) Because I want to get the priorities right here. I don't think it has to look like stripping down to your undies and dancing. Sometimes we're afraid that that's what God's going to call us to. But I do think... It's wrestling with the battle to say, am I prepared to be mocked? Am I prepared to be humiliated because I want to love like Jesus loved? And I can't answer that for you, but I believe God wants to draw us into a journey of what it means to serve in an undignified manner because we believe the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit needs to be manifest. It needs to be seen, not just talked about. We need to see the power of the Spirit alive in this place. And if we do not see the power of the Spirit alive in this place because we don't want to be undignified, we've missed what it is that Jesus modelled. The power of the Spirit only raised him from the dead because he was undignified. He could not have experienced being raised from the dead without first being humiliated. They went together. They're part of the same picture. And if I'm not prepared to be undignified and humiliated to represent God, to be a Christ follower, to be a Jesus disciple, then I've missed what he taught and modelled. This is hard for us. Because our dignity often is the one thing we'll hold on to when we, when we let go of everything else. We want to hold on at least to my dignity. But I really want to challenge that. In this season, in this space, I don't want this space to be what it looks like it's designed for. A cinema, a theatre. Where people come and they sit and they observe someone up the front that might encourage them or feed them or give them something. I want us to come into this space and say, God, I want to be undignified. I want to be humiliated if that's what you call me to. Not for that purpose, because I want to see your Holy Spirit manifest. Let's read that passage again. 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, 
but the same Spirit and the variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. See where the power is coming from? The Spirit is empowering. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the works of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions each one individually as he wills. Is this not an exciting opportunity to serve or what? We don't serve from our own labour and our own capacity, but we serve because we're empowered by the Spirit. And I would love every single Sunday, we can start with Sunday, we'll move on to Monday after we've done a couple of weeks of Sunday, yeah? That's fine. Let's just practice here. Because it's meant for Monday as well. I'm not sure if you realise that, but it's not exclusively to this gathering. But if this is the time where you get to stand at that door and you say, God, empower me by your Spirit to manifest the supernatural things that your Holy Spirit wants to do in me this morning. I want to serve my body with the things that you have set apart for me. That you haven't given to everyone in the room. There's different things for different people. But I want to be humiliated if that's what it takes. I'm prepared, I should say. I don't think anyone wants humiliation. I'm prepared to be undignified to express and to love and to serve in the way that your Holy Spirit wants to lead me. Does that make sense? Yeah? Because I think there's so much potential for this world, for this community, not to just see a bunch of people that are happy to, to um, help them move house but to show them the power at God at work. Exact power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead at work here. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for the encouragement um, that you see and that you want to share with us this morning for our hearts to serve. Lord, I thank you that you see, you notice, and you wanted to tell us that this morning. Lord, we don't take that lightly. The creator of the universe wanted to tell us that that you value our hearts to serve. We thank you, Lord, for that. And Lord, we thank you also for your spirit, the power of your spirit, and the purpose of your spirit that you sent for us, for our sake, for our benefit. Lord, that you chose to empower us so that we don't just serve out of our own capacity, but we can serve supernaturally. And Lord, we acknowledge we find that hard. Lord, I acknowledge that I don't enjoy humiliation. And that sometimes, often, that's a barrier to me stepping into what you're saying and what you're doing and what you're declaring over my life and the gifts and the things that you want me to share. Lord, I pray that today, again by your Spirit, that you would do a new work in this place. As we have seen, Lord God, with the boldness of people sharing testimonies, with the boldness of people praying for one another, 
I pray, Lord, you would continue to help us be bold in letting your Holy Spirit manifest, not just be present in our hearts, Lord God, but visible, visible and tangible signs of the power of your Spirit at work in our lives. Lord, I pray you would help us continue to encourage one another, continue to love one another and graciously draw out the things that you're saying and wanting to do, that we will continue to operate under one Spirit and one Lord. But Lord, please don't keep us where we're at. Because Lord, we do want to see more of your spirit and more of the servanthood that you've called us to, the common good by that manifestation. So Holy Spirit, we just pray you would continue to grow and to lead us and to guide us as a body. And we continue to be people that want to serve, want to love, and want to radiate the goodness of you in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen.